0: It's your sister Jocelyn here and welcome to another episode of Faith on the Journey. For today's episode, this is actually going to be a conversation with me, conversation with Jocelyn. And I wanted to do this special episode because I actually was getting my hair done a couple weeks ago, and I was telling my beautician that I had a podcast and I would love for her to check it out. And I asked her, "I'm like, is there a certain topic that she would like to hear an episode about?" And she had mentioned that she would love to hear an episode about grieving the loss of a parent. She had lost a parent a couple years ago and was still struggling with that, and. When she said that, I thought to myself, wow, I really don't have an episode that specifically deals with that subject. Even though many of you who might have listened to my broadcast before know that I lost my dad earlier this year, I never really focused an entire episode on that process of grieving. And so I wanted to record this episode for my beautician and all the other people out here in the world today who have lost a parent. And here's the thing, even if you have not lost a parent, you might have lost a sibling, an uncle, a grandparent, someone else that you dearly loved, I want you to tune into this and and listen to what I'm about to share because even though every loss is different, my loss of a parent might be different than your loss. So every loss still has certain elements of pain associated with it. And so I hope what I have to share with you today can really Help you in terms of just understanding the grief journey, understanding that you're not alone in these emotions, helping you to navigate what you might be feeling right now during this time, and just to encourage you as you move forward. When I was thinking about approaching this topic, there's so many things that were going on in my mind. Oh, my goodness. I mean, again, I lost my dad earlier this spring, and when the news hit that he passed away, it was the state of just numbness with, with shock, with, with so many emotions associated with this loss. I don't even know how to describe it. I guess the best way to describe it would be that I was in this daze of some sort. And then after I got through this daze, then the strong emotions came up and it was just like overwhelming tears. I cried myself to sleep that night. I, I just didn't even sleep at all that night, if I'm honest. And the crazy thing is I was at this place where I still had to somewhat function. I'm a small business owner. I have a counseling practice and I also facilitate groups. And I was uh, scheduled to facilitate a healing group the same night that my dad died. And then the next day as well. I canceled the group the night that my father died, but the next day I didn't want to cancel. So I literally had to compartmentalize my emotions to get to the point where I could still work the next day. Now, looking back, I'm like, Jocelyn, that was that was crazy. I mean, your dad just died. (laughs) You could have taken time off. People would have understood if you canceled. But I think that sometimes when we are so used to functioning and, and, you know, being someone who presses through in in appropriate times and we need to take time off, we don't allow ourselves that grace. And I surely didn't. I just pressed through and did what I needed to do. uh, At least what I thought I needed to do at the time. But anyway, fast forward, you know, anytime you have lost a loved one who is in your immediate family in particular, it's this, this, quick transition into oh my god they're gone to okay now we have to plan now we're in the planning of the funeral arrangements we are calling people to let them know we're grieving ourselves but we're trying to calm down and in my case minister to other people who are grieving to help them through the process and so we're kind of on. We're in this like strength mode, if you will, where we're servicing others. And sometimes our needs get overlooked at that time. Uh, It's almost like we activate this other side of our our brain, if you will. And we just kind of put the emotions to the side sometimes, at least for me, that's what took place so that I can get to the funeral. You're just trying to get to the funeral. Right. And so when uh, I found out that I was going to actually be the person who's going to give the eulogy for my dad. Oh boy. I tell you, it was like, first of all, I was scared as all get out. I'm like, Oh my God, how am I going to give this message, you know, for, for him. And I was scared that I was going to break down and cry at his funeral while trying to give the eulogy. And so that was kind of where I was fixated on was just like, don't cry. Don't cry at the funeral. Again, looking back at this, it's kind of like, girl, your dad just died, it was okay for you to cry at your dad's funeral, even if you were given the giving the eulogy, right? But I didn't think about that at the time that way. I put so much pressure on myself to present myself to the world in this certain way of being strong. You know, I, I talk about this a lot in my book, how we wear a mask, an emotional mask, to hide our pain from the world. To present ourselves in a certain way. And this is something that we've been conditioned to do um, since childhood, essentially. And so I sure enough had this mask of strength on at my father's funeral. I even was at a place where I was making some soft hearted jokes you know, at the reception and everything. And I just look back at that time and I'm like, man, I really tried to disconnect myself from my emotions so that I could get through that the funeral, the services. And essentially what I did is I put my grief in a box and I put it on a shelf somewhere. And when we do that, that's, that's essentially carried grief is delayed grief. And so I still was hurting. I, I was still struggling with my father's loss, but I did not allow myself the space or room to acknowledge those emotions. And so I did the, the eulogy. People said they were blessed by it. I got through that day. And then the people go home and the phone calls stop coming in. And you are at this place where you're like, okay, now. I, I really have to deal with the reality that the person that I love, whether it was my father, it's, it's your mother, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a child, whoever you've lost, the reality really sinks in that this is real. This loss is real. And so for me, uh, my default, my default way of coping dash running from certain difficult emotions is to stay busy. I call that the producer mask. I'm talking about that in my second book I'm writing. And we, we stay busy, focused, grinding. We don't leave space for ourselves to even reflect and feel because the silence is so loud. It screams out to us. And in that silence, we, we just feel like, listen, I, I, can't, I can't deal with this right now. I hate these thoughts. I hate these feelings, and which is why for me, after my dad died, it was extremely difficult for me to go to sleep at night. The grief would hit me at night and in the morning, sometimes in my dreams. And that's the thing, the subconscious is alive and well in your dreams. And so for me, I, I really struggled with certain emotions and I tried my best to suppress them. Now this is someone coming f- from a grief counseling, pastoral counseling background who's doing this. I know better, but I'm not exempt from struggling with emotions associated with grief. And I can tell you a couple months later after his services, that grief that I had buried that I had, you know, denied, that caught up with me. Because in the month of June, about two months after my father passed, I recognized that it was my dad's birthday coming up. And the day before his birthday was also my parents' anniversary, it would have been their 48th anniversary. The day before his birthday, I was struggling. I was I was grieving not only the loss of my dad, but I also had lost a relationship as well. Someone who I was in a relationship with who I thought I was going to marry things didn't work out for us. And so I had these back to back griefs. And at this point, I was about to explode. And I didn't realize I was a ticking time bomb, literally. And so on my parents' anniversary day, the day before his birthday, one thing I had did for myself was made a commitment to try to get back in shape. And so I was going to start going to the gym again, and I was going to look to work with a nutritionist. And so I made an appointment to go to my old gym that I had been away from for almost a whole year due to COVID. And I walk into the gym and I saw two old girlfriends there. One was a surprise to see, and she was waiting for me. And she's like, oh, Jocelyn, I'm so happy to see you. And she just made me feel so good inside when I saw her. And then the other coach who was there, who's a nutritionist, who's an amazing woman of God, she was there, too. And she was she was waiting for me for our appointment and just greeted me with this warm smile. And I tell you, I was in that gym for no more than a minute. I, I guess the grief that was inside of me just said, oh, this is a safe space. And you about to let this stuff out right now. And before I knew it, I was falling. I could not get it together. (laughs) I could not stop the tears. It was like exploding out of me. And so I ran to the bathroom to collect myself. I know my girlfriends was like, what in the world? What's going on? We just said hello. But it wasn't about the hello. It was the fact that, okay, this is a place where I don't feel like I have to be on. I could be honest about how I'm feeling right now. And I just cried. And I, I stayed in the bathroom for a good couple minutes and I finally came out and when I came outside and I was sitting down with the coach and I I gave her a hug and and we started talking and I told her I had to tell her because I w- was just a blobbling mess what was going on I told her that I had just lost my dad a couple months before and I was still grieving and I just really was struggling because it was the day before his birthday and she was just so kind and she listened to my, my story and she helped me, you know, in it. And that's the beautiful thing about authentic relationships. People don't have to necessarily have the right words to say, but they can hold you like a container, hold your emotions and hold your pain and, and really help you to just let out what you've been suppressing, right? And so for her to hold my story so gracefully was such a blessing to me. And in me sharing my story of loss, I found out that she also had lost her father, who she considered to be a best friend to her, and how it was such a difficult grief journey for her too. And in us sharing our stories, we just felt understood. And, and, and that's the thing. I, that's the first point I actually want to make is that we have to have space to share the stories and to talk about how we're truly feeling. In certain cases, you might be someone who is the pillar in your family. You might be the matriarch. You might be the pastor. And you might feel like you have to present yourself in a certain way around certain individuals. But at some point, you have to find spaces where you feel safe enough to acknowledge that you're really hurting. And that's the other point that I want to make. This was something that took place a couple months after my dad passed. But it does not matter how much time has passed. It could have been two months. It could have been a full year. There's moments in this grief journey where it's extremely difficult for us, particularly around birthdays, holidays, anniversaries, significant events. And this is why I always encourage someone, especially if you have a friend who recently experienced a loss or family member, to check on them. Will you know about these dates coming up? Put a note in your phone. So you can remember to text them to say, hey, I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. If you need to talk, I'm here. All right. So now we're going to take a quick break to do a podcast review for the week. This is something where I love to give a shout out to those faithful fans of mine who take the time to leave a five star review. And so this week we're highlighting Jagged Rain, who said that this podcast is food for the soul. They said it's timely, faith-based answers to everyday struggles and concerns. This podcast consistently delivers. I found a wealth of support in the other resources Jocelyn offers as well. I'm glad to have found this gem. Thank you so much, Jagged Rain, for your special review. I truly appreciate it. And any of you who are enjoying this episode today, do me a favor before you finish this podcast, take a moment to leave a five-star review that helps us to reach more people and get our message out to the world. Now back to the show. Because I noticed for myself, and this is something that you might be struggling with too, sometimes we have these thoughts in our mind, like I don't want to be a burden to someone else. So I don't want to call and reach out to them to talk about how I'm grieving. You know, when I have been struggling over these last several months with the loss of my dad. Even like a couple weeks ago, I was having him like in my dreams and I will wake up in the middle of the night crying. And, you know, I I think about how sometimes I ask myself, I'm like, okay, is my brother struggling with this? Or, you know, how's my mom doing? Because my mom was married to him for 47 years. And I realized that everyone's grief journey is different. I had The opportunity to talk to my mom recently about how she's doing. And (laughs) honestly, she seems like she's doing considerably better than me. And I don't think this is just her faking the funk because she's the mom. I think that she's just at a different place in her life as to how she processes grief and loss. I know without a shadow of a doubt that my mom loved my father. She took care of him in his latter years when he was struggling with Alzheimer's, when he really needed a caretaker she was right there by his side she was for him and so it was a blessing for me to actually witness that type of love lived out and so i don't question the love but i see how in her processing of accepting how life has a beginning and an end and her being at peace with it being his time you know, the grief for her hasn't seemed to be as overwhelming as it has been for me. I'll be honest. This was my first major loss and it hit me differently. I think partially because I also had questions around myself in terms of, man, I I wish I had spent a little bit more time with my dad, you know, in my 20s and early 30s, you know, I was ripping and running, trying to build this career. And I I didn't make family time a priority and all these regrets and thoughts and negativity. And I think that sometimes we can do that when someone who we love passes away, we can find ourselves at this place where we're just continually replaying what we should have, could have, done. And that does not serve us, especially when I know, at least in my case for my dad, that he was proud of myself and my brother. And he he didn't feel like I wasn't there around enough. He knew and he wanted me to uh, to build up my future and, and live out the legacy that he he created for us. Right. And I think sometimes we're so hard on ourselves we sometimes blame ourselves for certain things as it relates to the loss of a loved one because we really don't know what to do with these emotions and we frankly miss them and so i encourage you if you are right now struggling with the loss and you have some regrets that you're carrying with you i ask that you you really give those to god and say god i'm struggling with These regrets of not spending time or not doing X, Y, Z—you know what that thing is. But God, help me to release this. I love this person. I miss this person. And for me, what has helped me is to hold on to their memory like never before. For for my dad, my dad actually wrote a book. He was a tenth degree black belt, and he published a book when he was 70 years old and this was his first and only and he actually started his book tour his book tour at that time and it was so cool to watch him live out his dream you know and for my father he actually said before he passed he did everything that he ever wanted to do in his life and that's a blessing to see someone to experience that but as i was reading his book and just reviewing everything that he wrote, it was like he was speaking directly to me. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. This is amazing to to see my father in a different light as if he's still here. And my dad, his legacy, or at least part of his legacy was captured in a book. For you, for your loved one, their legacy might be captured in a number of different things. Maybe it's a a nonprofit that they started. Maybe it's as simple as their secret recipe that they passed on to you. Maybe it's just the family tradition that they started that every Sunday you get together to eat. There's different things that your loved one started and has done and has imparted in you that is a part of their legacy. And for me, Every time I'm going to speak at an engagement, anytime someone you know, gives me accolades for things that I'm accomplishing, I might not say it out loud all the time, but I think to myself, that's right. And I'm the daughter of Jimmy Jones. And so I'm a reflection of his legacy. So it's no surprise to the world when I take the world by storm, because that was the type of father that I had. And so for you, Think about how you are an extension of that person's legacy and think about the memories that you had with them. I mean, when I think about my, my dad's favorite song, when he was in the hospital and we were playing Family Reunion by the OJs and just jamming to that song. You know, sometimes I hear that song and I, I feel a little sad because I miss my father. But then I also smile because that is associated with some beautiful memories. And so I, I realize that as time goes on, even though I still miss my father, there's gonna be moments in which I'm like, yeah, daddy, <laughs> that was that I'm I'm acting just like you now. I see myself in you and I'll I'll laugh. And then there's moments in which I'll I'll cry and I'll say I miss him. And I allow myself space to feel every one of those emotions without judgment. And that's another point that I want to make is that we need to learn to allow ourselves to feel the, the negative emotions, quote unquote, and the positive emotions, the emotions that feel good and the emotions that feel like crap. We need to allow ourselves to feel those emotions and not judge them. And not should on ourselves. You all heard me say this before, and I'll say it again. We need to stop shoulding on ourselves as if we should be over something by now. I don't care if it's been two, three, ten years. Your grief journey is your journey. And you have every right to feel how you feel. Some people they handle their grief differently. They might be grieving too, they just might not show it externally. But for you and your walk, do not judge how you feel. But I think it's also important to acknowledge when our loved one is in Christ, we know where their final destination is. We know where they are right now. They're in the arms of our Savior, right? I mean, Scripture talks about to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And I, I don't say that as a cliche because, hear me, just because they are present with the Lord does not mean that we won't miss them. It doesn't take away the fact that we're grieving. And if Jocelyn was honest, I would have had my dad still with me until 110 years old with a cane in a wheelchair. It didn't matter. Cause I love my daddy. But I mean, I had to look at it. The fact that he was suffering, he was in pain and he wouldn't have wanted to live his life in a hospital bed. And so understanding what my daddy's wishes would have been and knowing that he's in our savior's arms not suffering anymore it's, it's something where i do find a level of peace in that i was having a conversation with one of my mentors michelle mckenney hammond and you know it was it was very interesting as she was sharing how she's processed grief over the years and how even though i mean she will still miss someone when they pass away i don't think she would deny those emotions. But she says that over the years, her ability to process grief has really shifted, right? When she wasn't in Christ, she was completely devastated when she experienced her first loss. But over the years, as she's gotten older and matured in her faith and really imagined, if if we could ever really imagine what heaven looked like, she said there was an element of just Peace and celebration that was authentic, that was true. It wasn't made up that she experienced when she thought about how this person's no longer struggling and they're with they're with God. They're where I hope to be some someday soon, right? And so this is where there's this like this friction between, man, I miss this person. I really do. But at the same time, I celebrate the fact that I know where you are and I'm gonna see you again. And with that, I, I often have conversations with my father. You know, I talk to him. I'm like, all right, dad. Yep, this is what I'm doing. I invite him into every aspect of my life. I, I make way for me to still feel close to him in what I do, in my memories, in my thoughts, because he was a pivotal part of my life. And so I, I know that this grief journey is difficult and it, it's not something that you, you know, just get over. Certain losses can be devastating. My loss for my dad was very difficult, but I, I realized that certain losses, can, the pain can be compounded by trauma, gun violence, an accident. It was an unexpected death that can shatter your world. And so, again, this is where I found out that community is so important during these times. If, again, you're new to this podcast, one way in which you can do it is through our Faith on the Journey community. We actually have trauma healing groups where we we talk about trauma, but we also talk about grief. And that's essentially a Bible study that helps you to heal from trauma and grief and loss. And I'm also trying out a support group. I'm going to be facilitating a support group in the upcoming month. And you can find out this information online at our website. You can go to faithonthejourney.org slash grief for more information. I'll put that information in the show notes. But essentially what I'm trying to do is make sure that we create community. And it's not just for you, it's for me. I need that too. I'm never at a place of arrival when it's come to my healing and my my walk throughout this process. But as we glean on each other, as we help carry each other in these moments where we're really struggling, this is what helps us to get through those dark times. One of my favorite interviews that I conducted when I was writing my first book was with Dr. Sunitha Chandy, who's a licensed clinical psychologist in the Chicagoland area. In my book, I was describing how she would define grief, the process of grief. And I thought it was so eloquent that I want to read this part from my book to you. She shared, the grief process is something that we do to honor the value in life and hope for redemption. You create a place in your heart that is like soil. And in that soil, you have the opportunity to grow things in it. There are seasons where you see flowers bloom and you see beauty that has grown out of that hurt. Then there are winter seasons when it's just a place of pain. I think it's also recognizing that the life that was lost is valuable. So we get to grieve, but we don't get to be consumed by it. That's what leads to destruction. That's when people turn to substance abuse avoiding life, and ignoring the dirt by saying, I don't want to see it. Then in contrast, you have the people who decide that they want to control everything and to try to pave over this dirt. So how can we get to the place where we ask, what do we have to do with this dirt? Because it's here and we don't get a choice to get rid of it. How can we respond and interact with it? Your life can continue to grow beyond this. But the fact that this happened to you will always be there. It's the idea that we're not going to erase it from your brain, but we do know how to help you build a life around it. So when you look at the story of their life, there is a stone that you wish you could remove in the midst of a forest of beauty. I think that the picture that she painted is so beautiful, y'all. Because when we think about how this grief in our life plays a role, that grief, that that loss will always be there. It's a part of this beautiful thing we call life where we have those hurtful moments along the way. And I feel like we do ourselves a disservice in their life, a disservice to not acknowledge the pain of that loss. But as she mentioned in that quote, we cannot be consumed By the loss that we experience. We cannot let it just overwhelm us. And I'm not talking about when we experience that loss initially, or I'm not saying that we don't have moments. But what I am saying is that if we get to a point where we just feel like life has no purpose anymore, we can't move move forward from the loss. Cause we, it's not like we just get over it or move on, but if you're not able to move forward in life and still live, still live out the things that God is calling you to. And as I mentioned, honoring that person's legacy, then this is when we need help to get out of that place because we still have to live. We still have to press through and you living, say for instance, you, you know, lost a spouse and you sometimes question if you should date someone else and consider moving forward. It does not mean that the spouse that you lost doesn't move forward into the new relationship with you. They're going to always be a part of your journey and you can always acknowledge and honor them in everything you do, um, in how you live your life. And I I look at how this is something that I intend to do in the work that I, I do in my ministry. Again, on special holidays, hosting events, putting a scholarship in my father's name. There's different things that I hope to do to honor him who I love. And so I, I encourage you to do that. Think about what are some things that you can do to honor your loved one to remember their legacy and to move forward in a way that remembers your loved one well so there was a gentleman who was my father's student who spoke at my father's funeral his name is Tahari Cassell and when he spoke at the service he said something that I thought was so profound he talked about how a person can actually die twice and when he said that at first, I said, what is he about to say here? This makes no sense, but follow me here. He said that they die the first time when they leave the body, when they, they go to be with the Lord. But he said they only die the second time if their memory, the memory that we have of this person dies, if we forget about them. And for me, that was so profound. Because your loved one's memory will never die. Never die. Whether you always honor their life through an event, pictures, photos, song, whatever you do, they're with you. They are right there. They are looking over you from heaven's door. And so know that, hold on to that. They will not die in your spirit, in your life. And so I I hope that me sharing this episode is encouraging to you. I hope that if you're grieving right now, that you reach out, please reach out. I would love to hear from you. I would love to to know how God is working through your life, through your grief journey. And if you know of someone who is struggling right now with grief and loss, I encourage you to share this episode with them. I'll also put in the show notes, some other resources on grief that could encourage you. Be sure to check that out. And if you're looking for a counselor, that's another thing that we can really help you with. We have a team of Christian counselors who specialize in helping anyone who is grieving a major loss. So visit our website at faithonthejourney.org. Again, that's faithonthejourney.org to learn some more information about free resources that can serve you, groups you can join and counselors who would love to be there with you. But thank you for tuning into this week's episode. I so love y'all. I really do. I'm grateful for anyone who takes the time to listen to this show. And if there's any topic like i mentioned earlier i came up with this show topic because my beautician asked about it so if there's a topic that you think would benefit you or others that we can talk about that i can have a guest on the show for or we i can just talk about it let me know i want to hear from you because you are so important to me so you all stay encouraged be blessed and until next week you keep your faith on the journey i'll see you soon family